Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you're tuning in from. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. We've got a fascinating show in store for you today with a wonderful, wonderful guest. But first, of course, we have our section of my book, Everyday Awakening. Um, and uh, this section is entitled, The Cure for Judgment is Owning Our Own Humanity. So let's get to it. It can be difficult not to judge others. It can take a lot of restraint not to make someone else wrong for what they did or for what they think. Really, when we judge, we are separating ourselves from others. Our judgments create barriers that protect us from getting too close. They even keep us from ever having to get close to the other person. We declare them bad, different, and not as good as we are. For example, we might say, they are a bigot, so we don't have to feel their pain. Or they stole from us, so we don't have to see their need. Or they hurt us so we don't have to recognize their humanity. Having compassion for those we feel judgment towards is not easy. It is a discipline that takes effort to develop. It also means having to recognize that people are merely people, and we all have faults. It means having to admit our own flaws character defects, and transgressions. We all have them. No one is above being human. 
We've all made mistakes and errors in our lives. Perhaps we have learned from them while others have not yet. Even so, we are more the same than we are different. How can we continue to separate ourselves from our fellow human beings when we have done things just as bad or worse? Are we really so pure, so great, so special? We are all tainted in some way, and that is beautiful, because that is what can bring us together, without judgment or blame, even for ourselves. We are all human, one race, one people, one planet. Where can you release judgment in your life? How can you see yourself as part of the greater whole? So this um, section in my book, I believe I wrote this probably pretty close to the beginning of the pandemic. And it really was a response to seeing the division in our country and just in the world in general, even in just my own circle of friends, how some people were so sure this was true and other people were so sure that was true and, and, and how people started making people who didn't think the way they did wrong for just thinking differently. And I really started to sit with like, how can we keep judging other people for so many things, so many things. I mean, superficially, yeah, people judge us by the way we look, for our age, for the color of our skin, for our orientation. You know, people even judge you for whether you're working or not. Are you married or not? I mean, just pick anything, and there's judgment around it. And and then I heard the the phrase one time that judgment is what keeps us separate. And it really sank into me because I just felt all this judgment that was flying around, all it was doing was separating us. And I thought, you know, can't we all just be human beings? I mean, look, none of us are perfect. I mean, I'm the pot calling the kettle block. I've made as many mistakes as many. I've had as many faults as, as so many people out there. I don't quite get why we can't just allow ourselves to see other people as human beings. Like, why is that so threatening to us? And, 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 you know, I kind of got it that, you know, that, that this way of judging other people, of, of, of separating ourselves from other people, it's a form of protection. Because as long as there's something wrong with this other person, as long as there's something I can judge you about, as long as there's something I can make you wrong about, then I don't have to take care of you. I don't have sympathy for you. I don't have empathy for you. Your problems are your problems. They're not my problems. 
And I kind of feel like that's such a short-sighted um, way of living life. Because I think if the pandemic taught us anything, it's that we're one people. That one person's health is everybody's health. That we actually are, we are our brother's keeper. We are supposed to take care of each other. And that by separating ourselves from others, by making an other, someone wrong, someone bad, someone who, you know, we can, we can ignore, we're really just hurting ourselves. We're hurting our community. We're hurting our race. And look, I'm not saying that people don't do horrendous things. Absolutely. There are people out there who should be in jail. There are people out there who've taken advantage, who have taken advantage, who've, whose actions have led to the deaths of, you know, tons of people. There are people out there without a conscience. Absolutely. But they're still our brothers and our sisters. They're still part of our human family. And perhaps maybe the way to get those people to change is not by making them some caricature of evil, but to see them for their humanity, to see them for why they ended up where they are. Doesn't mean we condone their actions or behaviors. But when it's not something so horrendous, when it's not something so awful, maybe we can find a way to have a little more compassion. Maybe we can find a way to actually care for other people. To just know that, you know, humanity is is a much bigger family than we've ever considered. And that by coming together, by taking care of each other, by working together, by trying to build bridges and understanding and find some commonality between us, that we can be so much stronger for that. You know, it's kind of funny. I I remember the beginning of the pandemic when I was doing my show. And it was just this intuitive feeling that came to me. And I said it over and over again. And I haven't said it for a while, I believe. But I said, look, this pandemic, this is just the first of many global challenges we're going to be facing. I don't know what they all are. I don't know when they're coming. It's just a feeling in my bones that there are a lot of challenges awaiting us. Probably because we've been kicking the can down the road, so to speak. We've been taking what were current day problems and pushing them off until tomorrow for so long that eventually we have to deal with them. And so it's just this feeling that 
from an environmental point of view, from an economic point of view, from a societal point of view, that there are so many challenges in this world that we have to face up to, that we're that we've created by ignoring them in the past. And it's all coming home now. And if we're going to get through these challenging times, we really need to come together. And I don't use the word need lightly. There are very few things in life we need. We need our breath. We need food, water, shelter. We need community. Other than that, everything else is a nice to have. You know, when, when, when there's a problem with the internet or, 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 or when, you know, we get a little frustrated because I'm trying to get something I can't get, I, I have to keep reminding myself, oh yeah, first world problems, first world problems. But, you know, even this whole idea of first, second, third world, even that's a separation. We're one planet. You know, one of the amazing things, and I think it's something that's not talked about enough. One of the amazing things about the space program and going out into space is, is if you read the accounts of, of, of Edgar Mitchell or, 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 or Lee Armstrong or like any of the astronauts who have gotten far enough away to see the planet as one whole globe, they'll tell you there's this feeling that came over them. It's called the overview effect. Like, there are no borders on the planet. Those are all artificial. You don't see any boundaries between countries, just the oceans. It's one world, one planet. It's the only planet we got right now. I mean, yeah, a lot of people talking about exploring. I love space exploration. I am a child of the Star Trek generation. I, I always thought by now, of course, we'd have a base on the moon and we'd be colonizing Mars. And no, we're not there yet. But for now, and even if we did have another planet, why can't we take care of the one we're on? And taking care of the planet means taking care of each other. Period. End of sentence. The places in the world where there are the biggest problems, it's because we've ignored, taken advantage of, stripped them of their resources, and haven't taken care of them. And, and we've benefited. We've all benefited from that. So how about we stop the judgment, we stop separating ourselves from the rest of the planet, and just admit we're human being like everyone else. They're human beings. We've all had our ups and downs, our challenges, our mistakes. We've all done things that maybe were not so copacetic, not so great. And so maybe before we point the finger at someone else, we look at ourselves just a little bit more. And before we cast any stones, we, we, we look at the glass house that we're living in and we, uh, you know, really examine ourselves so that maybe we can actually relate to others a little bit more. 
Perhaps we can be a little more gentle, a little more kind, a little more compassionate for those around us. So that's why this section is called The Cure for Judgment is Owning Our Own Humanity. So what can you do to own your humanity just a little bit more? That'll be your homework for this week. Between now and the next show, own your humanity and allow others their humanity. And that's the section of my book um, entitled uh, The Cure for Judgment is Owning Your Own Humanity, Everyday Awakening, which you can find online at everydayawakeningbook.com. But of course, if you're like me, you know, I always say every week, go out to those small independent bookstores and uh, ask them to order it. We're in all the major in major distributors, so that any any bookstore can get it. So just ask for Everyday Awakening by Sam Leibowitz. And hey, if you already have a copy, maybe recommend it to a friend, maybe give it as a gift. And if you have a copy, I would love for you to go on Amazon and, and give me a review. I really appreciate it. That helps it to be seen more. And if you've gotten something out of it, you know, please share the wealth. All right, let's get back to the show. Um, I would like to introduce my my, my uh, guest, but you know what? I'm overdue for a break. So let's go out for a break. And when we come back, I'll introduce you to my guest for this week. So please stay tuned. You are listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time, um, and all over the social media platforms right here on talkradio.nyc and streaming live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and Twitch and uh, anywhere you can find a live stream. Like, let us know. We're trying to stream there. All right. And we will be right back with our guest. Ruth Ann Warnick, in just a moment. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Now, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show founder, speaker, workshop presenter, Ruth Ann Warnick. Ruth Ann is a champion of the importance of sharing family stories, experiences, life lessons, and memories to connect generations. As a speaker and workshop facilitator, family legacy guide, and certified guided autobiography instructor, Ruth Ann is committed to helping families take action, avoid regret, and connecting living generations with each other and the past. Her passion for generational connection and legacy through family stories is fueled by her 32 years of nonprofit leadership experience in the Jewish communities where she has lived, her own family stories and experience, and her educational background and a master's degree in geography. Ruth Ann is the author of Say It Now, The Important Things, a guidebook for creating legacy letters of life to celebrate those you love, and the creator of Legacy Letters of Life and Love program. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Ruth Ann. Thank you, Sam. I, I, I'm going to lead off with a couple of comments and things that came to mind when you were doing your segment about your book and judgment. One of them is that they're both related to stories. One of them is in the more global sense. And one commentary is, is in the more personal family sense, which is it, where I focus uh, in my business. But you talked about judgment. And as someone who's Jewish, um, you know, anti-Semitism is, I'll even say rampant, right? I mean, it's it's at a high level right now. And that is something that is solely based, in my opinion, on judgment. I mean, it's all about judgment. And I, I heard a TEDx talk one time, and the speaker was saying that it's the stories, if when we get to know each other individually, that that can connect us. Because once I know your story and you know my story, right, then you become a who to me and you're no longer a what to me. And that really came right right up front and center when you were talking about judgment that we make, um, you know, yeah. in a global in a global way. I mean, we make them as individuals about individuals as well but we also make them about groups of people yes yes absolutely and it's and kind of funny because i didn't specifically pick this one from my book i'm just going in order and it just happened to be and yeah. i feel it's so uh, apropos for for yeah. what we're going to talk about today and the second thing that came up was as it relates to families because you also talked about faults and admitting your faults so mm -hmm. that's one of the things that sharing family stories can actually do so so if a story comes up or a situation comes up with a child or someone in your family a story just to have the story to say you know i i once made a similar mistake or i once did that in other words you're admitting that you're you're human that as a parent or whatever your relationship is that you're not perfect but it's also saying that our family acknowledges and even embraces you could say our mistakes that we've made or things that you know we may not have been proud of the key is what did we learn from it? How did we move forward from it and all of that? So that's what stories can can do within the family connections. So they both really resonated with me in the whole topic that you were talking about, about judgment and faults and all that. I said, oh, if we just know the stories, we could right. solve all the world's problems. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and isn't it funny how family 
like are the ones who trigger us the most. Mm-hmm. Like a complete stranger could almost say the same things to us that our family says, and and it would just roll right off our back. But when our family says it to mm-hmm. us, ooh, that's like most that that really hits our emotional buttons, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I just yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to ask. So I'm curious. How did this whole idea of preserving legacy and 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 the importance of family and story? How, how did this become like such a passion for you so if i had to pick a moment in time if you will i would say it was when my father passed away when i was 40 Uh, subconsciously i would say that as someone who's jewish the concept of generation to generation is front and center just within Mm -hmm. judaism um so maybe it's just sort of in my subconscious from from birth you know um, but I, I would say if I had to pick a time, a, a moment in time, I would say when my father passed away <clears throat> and I realized that, you know, I had my memories of him with, with, uh, you know, being his, his daughter and my relationship with him, but they, they were our stories together and my memories, they weren't really his stories. And, you know, his parents um, on, on that side of the family were immigrants. So there were all of those stories. And then there was this little glimmer that we knew that there was some of the family that stayed in Europe and they were killed in the hall. Because, like, there were all these stories of, of, of just um, being lost. So I say the mm. stories are the treasure. And when they leave with someone and we don't get the stories, they become, I call them like buried treasures, like literally, right? They they are buried with the person. And <clears throat> on top of, of um, time going by and me realizing how how we had to really be intentional about capturing these stories. And if if we weren't, it would only be a couple of generations before they were, you know, released into the air, so to speak. But some years later, I found a letter that my father had handwritten because back in the day, that's that's what you did, yeah. right? <laughs> he handwrote me a letter um, shortly before my husband and I got married. And uh, he was sharing with me what makes a good marriage. He was talking about respect and all sorts of different things. Now, he happened to be a matrimonial attorney so he saw lots of lots of things that could go wrong but um so he was just sharing his thoughts and and welcoming my soon to be husband into the family and and um I tucked it away and I came across it and it was so emotional and profound to find that letter and those words and they they weren't stories per se but they were Oh, they spoke volumes about who he, you know, who he was and what he wanted to make sure he shared with me. And it it sort of blossomed from there. Like I obviously still have that letter now. Um, But when I reread it, it's like I'm revisiting with him. It's like I can hear him, you know, saying it. And, And I came to understand like in an expanded way how something like a letter could be expanded. And in today's day and age, it's so uh easy to also include video and uh, yes video but I meant pictures mm-hmm. if you wanted to include audio I mean it could be as elaborate or as simple as you want it to be but the point is getting the the stories the lessons like not just saying here's my value that that's a statement the story is where did that come from who did I learn mm-hmm. that from mm-hmm. those those are the stories so uh, to, so in answer to your question, I would have to say that it kind of 
steps. If I again, if I had to pick a moment in time, I would say it was when my father passed away at 40. And then from there on out, like all the questions I, you know, that, that I had. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I was fortunate that my mom passed away when she was 99 and a half. So it was just like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I really had um, uh, uh, an opportunity to talk to her and stuff, but it's now she's gone. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know she told us lots of stories over the years. I don't know how many of them got captured, mm-hmm. but you know, all my grandparents died before I was born um, of cancer, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 before them, I mean, they were the first ones to came over. They were uh, they were fortunate they came over. I think you know before World War One or something. Mm-hmm. But then there was a, a whole bunch of relatives in Russia and and Eastern Europe who who died during the Holocaust. That we did find one branch of our family. Um, in in Israel, my sister found them. Um, but, but I just think about like how much knowledge of of family history they had that's now lost. Like my my sister, my brother, and I. I mean, we all know some pieces of it here and there, but it's never quite the same, right? Because we didn't live it. And now, like, there there are not too many cousins. You know, we don't have a big family. There are not too many cousins. And and there are really very few people of her generation still around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think about the, the the experiences that are lost because of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I I encourage people in the present to carry forward what they know, what they remember, or what they you know what they can, um, and also to be intentional. And I I emphasize that word to be intentional about capturing our own if we still have living parents to capture those or also to be sharing them in the present in the moment because it's it's not like linear that's how i think of it it's not just passing it down it's really kind of circular so we pass it down we also have the opportunity for instance if your grandparents are still alive we have the opportunity to pass it up you know, our, um, our stories or what those people meant to us while they're still living. And I think of it as weaving the stories together and not not uh, the linear always passing it down. So it's a combination yeah. of of both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, and right. I mean, I, we, we have, you know, plenty of stories, but they the stories can be in the moment. It could be something that just slips in. It can be intentional. If you're going to interview someone, there, there are many opportunities. I just actually finished writing a chapter for a book that talks about this concept of being intentional, intentional about listening for the stories, intentional about sharing the stories, your own, uh, those, you know, even if they're no longer here. Um, and, and, and then recording them in some way. So recording could be speaking. It could be, you know, Zoom recording. It could be writing. I happen to be a fan of the written word. And the reason is that you describe or tell a story a bit differently in writing than you do when you're speaking, right? Yes. So speaking is, uh, in writing, there's more of a conscious um, depth that comes to it. And I don't mean you have to be a wonderful writer. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries, and with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, all made right here in the USA from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for and elaborate and 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 those kinds of things it's just that when you're writing you're you think of what you want to say in a different way than when you just when you're speaking it just sort of is whatever comes out of your mouth you know so right 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 they're right. both they're both valuable don't don't get me wrong because right. in this chapter i talk about sam about how just even the the speaking and the sharing of the stories still gives your family, particularly your children, your grandchildren, it's it grounds them, right? It gives them a sense of belonging. And when people have like this core sense of belonging within their family, then they can expand to belong in the bigger and bigger uh, world, right? In the in their communities and in the world where they have that, that core sense of belonging. So just sharing the stories and knowing where, where, you know, where you come from and stories about your parents and all that, we think they're not listening or they're not important, but they become part of them. So it is important. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. It's time for us to take our next break. When we okay. come back, uh, I would like to talk about, um, you know, the importance of legacy, like, like, why, um, why is it important for future generations? And, and why we should, you know, make the effort to capture these stories. And and then what are some of the, you already mentioned some of the ways, um, but you know, like, how, how do you help facilitate that with people? And I'm also still curious about sort of how, you know, we got what sort of, the seed of of why you kind of got on this path, but how did you actually come to start doing this? Oh, for gotcha. people? Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So, so everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we will be right back with Ruth Ann Warnick in just a moment. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Um, so, so Ruthann, uh, so we got what the seed was of, of why you got interested in legacy. How did you decide that, like, this is something important enough that you really want to focus your time and energy on helping other people to capture their legacy? I would say that um, I just knew that I that I had a message, and I also. I also knew that we have the best of intentions generally that, but procrastination is a, is a human trait so, yeah. <laughs> for most people. And, um, you know, it's, you know, someday I'm going to get around to it. And whenever the topic came up, what I noticed was how much regret and how much yearning there was mm. around people saying, I wish I knew more. I wish I had asked more questions. I wish, you know, I wish, I wish, and I regret, I regret. And I, I realized that I could play a role in that in helping people be more intentional about it, even just starting with the acknowledgement that they have to be more intentional about it. So in other words, even just as food for thought, you know, and and Charlie, you were talking about before about like our faults and things. I have as much regret as the next person in terms of things I, you know, didn't do questions I didn't ask. Even after my father died, even after I came to understand it, I still there's there's this um, someday syndrome, I call it right. You know, someday I'm going to do that. I'm going to get that. I'm going to ask that. And, you know, just someday slips away. So I realized that I had a message, but that I also could actually help people be intentional about it. And I came across a program called uh, Guided Autobiography. And I ended up being an instructor for that, which you mentioned in my uh, in my introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, 
guided autobiography is not just for families. It's for really for communities of people, um, but it's based on themes in our lives. It's that doesn't focus on where was I born? You know, when did they come to the U.S.? Which is all great information. And it's they're fun facts, as I call them. Um, but there's so much interest in genealogy today, but we, but but the stories aren't there. So you're a leaf on the tree, but there's no there's no blossoms, so to speak, right? right? There's there's right. there are no stories, and so um, it 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 became clear that there was this this yearning, not just from people I spoke with, but you could see just by the the number of people who do genealogical research. So why are they doing that? What are they looking for, right? It's, you talked about like, why is legacy important? And why is it important for the future? Because it's that fundamental craving almost, it's like this desire to belong to your family, to be connected in that way. And that, that, uh, that repeats itself over and over again. Otherwise, why do we care who our great grandparents were? Why do we care? So in other words, we're searching for when, what boat did they come, what ship did they come over on? And that's the data, but why do we wanna know that? Because we want to belong to the stories ourselves. And so we're creating a gift now that mm -hmm. even current generations don't know they're looking for. And certainly it's a gift we can give to the future. So. It's a combination of the data, as I call it, right? The fun facts. And then what does that, what does that mean that my grandmother at 16 got on a ship, came to the US without, you know, her left her family and never went back? Um, yeah. You know, what, what does that mean in our family? Like, so, so it, it can be, doesn't always have to be that deep. It can also just be fun. Like, yeah. you know, they can just be fun stories. Like, yeah. oh, my you know, my father uh, sailed around the world on a ship. You know, it, it could be anything. Um, it could be adventures. It could be deep. It could be judgments. It could be faults. It could be lessons learned. It, it, it's it's all it's all important. So, so I'm curious. You know, people of your generation and my generation, we're a little bit older. You know, we're not we're not younglings. Um, <laughs> but. But I'm wondering about the younglings, like, do you find that, you know, younger people, let's say in their 20s or 30s are interested in legacy? Or is it more something that as we mature in age a little bit that starts to become more important for us? It's definitely the latter as we age. I would not underestimate. So so that goes back to we're creating a gift that they don't even know that they want yet, because if you're 20, you aren't going to know you want it till you're 50. Right. But right. I'm going to give it to you anyway. Right. Because right? you're not going to know it. So. Um, so so there is that some sense of mortality that probably comes into it, although not everybody who does, for instance, legacy letters is looking at their own age because i've had young dads do you know participate i've had a wide range of people participate i've had people who are nearing the end of life but not not at 90 uh, you know at, at maybe 35 you know so there's there's lots of different reasons um but i don't worry too much about if the younger generation is interested or not in receiving the stories or even hearing the stories. We're, as I said, we're giving them a gift that they don't even know they're looking for, mm -hmm. not just about what we leave behind, but even when we're telling the stories now, 
from young childhood, we're creating that belonging for them, that connection for them. Um, so it becomes them, um, not just something that we leave behind. That's why I say it's not really linear. It has to be sort of almost circular. What are the biggest challenges with, with capturing the legacy, with capturing these stories? The biggest challenge is procrastination, mm. is, the, is not getting around to it. That's, that's really the number one. Because um, the how-tos in this day and age are, first of all, if you have a pen and paper, right, that's mm-hmm. the most fundamental. But you have a phone, you have Zoom, you have, I mean, apps galore, right? So it's the, it's the commitment and the intention that is the biggest obstacle. There are, there are some other things that might get in the way, like maybe an older person doesn't really feel like they have any stories to share and it's not that important and who cares anyway and um, all of that. Uh, but the, the not getting around to it is the biggest piece. The next piece would be like, how, where do I start? Like, where do I even like, what questions do I even ask? What am I, what is the end game? What am I hoping to accomplish? You know, so just trying to figure out where to, where to start and then what to do with all, with it all. So right, uh, right. That, that can be broken down, but that can only come because you've made the, the commitment or the intention or the priority to do it. Right. Cause that, that, it's not, yeah. it's not necessarily about like publishing a book of your memoirs. Absolutely. It, it, just about sort of capturing it so it's there for the family right yes yes it's it's about capturing it and it's about sharing it intentionally in the in the moment meaning for the living generations as well so um i'll give you an example of something we did in our family when my mother turned 90 uh, I collected, I asked each of the children, so there were four of us, and then each of our spouses, so that's eight, and then um, uh, the nine grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And we were each asked, I asked each of them to write a note, basically a mini letter, I'll call it, to, mm-hmm. to mom slash grandma and mm-hmm. say, what is it that I love about you, grandma? What is it that you taught me? What is it that, um, what is my special memory of you whatever they wanted to say to grandma so that we could compile them and we put those letters together with some photos we each got to submit three photos of our choosing and we put all those together with the words and presented that to grandma and it it was the most it was the most wonderful thing for her to receive it and know how much she mattered in the family uh, to, to each of us in our own way. And then when she passed, it's now a gift to ourselves because we now have that for our family. So again, so you're sort of passing it down, you're passing it up and passing it all around at the same time. So all right, all right. thank you. Lots of thank opportunity. You. Lots of opportunity. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be like the whole you know, the whole Megillah, as we say, <laughs> right? doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a whole big thing. Absolutely. <laughs> doesn't awesome. have to be a whole thing. Yeah. So, so we got to take our, our last break of the show. So when we come back, uh, I would like to talk a little bit about like how you work with people and sort of what, what people should, should expect or like what, what sort of they should keep in mind about, you know, at least starting to consider this. Okay. Perfect. And, 
And I do see loyal listener Patty on the live stream. Uh, thank you, Patty, for, for always tuning in every week. Uh, um, it really pleases my heart. Um, Patty from Tucson, she's always there. Not always in Tucson, but she's always there listening. All right. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And please remember, if you missed any part of the show today, you can always catch the replay on talkradio.nyc. And of course, we're available on all the major podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and the videos you're going to find on YouTube and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, Just do a search for the Conscious Consultant Hour. You you can find it real easy. And we will be right back to wrap things up with Ruth Ann Warnick in just a moment. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Ruthann, um, so when do you find that, that, um, oh, quick question. So do you usually work with individuals or families? So typically I, I do it more in a group way. If you, if you want to think of it that way as workshops. So I do okay. presentations to groups, to organizations, you know, so I speak on the topic. Mm-hmm. I also do um, workshops, my legacy letters workshop uh, mm-hmm. to, to help people capture what I call the important things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, those are the two main ways that I work with people. I, come to realize that to help people keep at it, if you will, that Mm -hmm. um, it's time for me to begin a blog that Mm -hmm. really kind of 
keeps people inspired and going. But the two main ways that I work with people are through my speaking opportunities and also through my workshops. Mm -hmm. I am always available to work with someone one-on-one if they just know that they need that extra um, uh, time or they don't want to be part of a group process and they they want to get it done um but the the very first thing i say to people is decide decide that it's important to you and then if we have time now i can you know share some ways to break it down so So i'm just curious um in terms of uh, like what causes someone to be interested in this is there usually some kind of life event or is there something that happens that decides oh yeah this is something i'm i want to do or something i'm interested in it depends, you know, the, the, the age old answer, it depends, right? <laughs> uh, so a lot of times it's when there's a loss of, particularly if there's a loss of someone from an older generation, like the loss of a parent or the loss of a grandparent, because now we're feeling that loss and just not having the stories and all that just adds to the loss. So for some people, it's about that. For others, it's just an aging thing, like we're facing our own mortality. And, you know, there it, it's true, we never know when our when our time is going to be up, so to speak. But there it does come a point in life where it's a fact that you have fewer years ahead of you than you have behind you, right? So, right, so right. Um, you know, so th- there are life events, including our own event of aging. But mm. there can be... I would say the biggest driver for people is some form of regret that they didn't get from someone who's already gone. So now they're for them, it's important that they don't continue like to perpetuate the same mistake generation after generation. So that's pretty common. I mean, I'll say it's age related, although not everyone who does it is beyond a certain age. Mm -hmm. It's just where it becomes more conscious for you. What what gratifies you about doing this work so much? Because I see it's a real passion for you. What gratifies me is, well, for one thing, it keeps me on track of doing my own work Uh for myself and my own family. So that's number one. Um, But what gratifies me is that I, I know how many people mean to do it, meant to do it, but didn't do it. And so if I can help people make it a priority again going back to that intention and not hold their hand but provide any kind of accountability but also any kind of tools and resources and ways to make it to bring it from this gargantuan thing to something that's tangible something they could do doesn't even have to be their own whole life story like i don't even talk about life story I talk about stories of your life, right? Mm. So there, it, it's it's a distinction that may seem like nuanced, but your your life story is like you know memoir, whatever is is a is the big thing, right. and stories of our lives can be focused, as I said before, with guided autobiography. It could be focused on themes. It could mm. be focused on a person, like I lost my sister a year and a half mm. ago, and so. I'm creating something now that is really focused on her and stories around her. So there are many ways to break it down for people. And that's a, that's um, 
But but the greatest passion for me is if I can help people say, yes, you're right. I, I have to do it. I, I can't wait for someday anymore. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see Patty on the live stream says, storytelling by Kristen De La Plain. I've already started recording my story about my family. Wonderful, Patty. Um, we just have a few minutes left. I wanted to, it's probably too, too long to, to ask this question. Not enough time to ask this question, but, but uh, there are also sort of differences in culture, right? Like different people from different cultures will sort of capture these stories in different ways, won't they? They will. And also the, the level of importance attached to it can also pay, play a huge role. So for right. certain heritage, you know, um, uh, cultural groups, there's a sense of heritage that comes along with it. Um, certainly in Judaism, which is, you know, I mean, it's, it's a little complicated because it's a religion and it's a culture and it's a heritage. And then it's real, not really one culture. It's like 50 cultures. So, <laughs> so it's a little complicated there, but, yes, um, yeah. but uh, there are certain groups of people or kinds of people who are more drawn to it because there's that sense of keeping that, you know, that heritage going. Yeah. But I will say that storytelling has been around for, you know, eons and eons. We just need to do it in a more intentional way. The, yeah. the, the thing that's going on today in the world is that it's so common for families to be living so far apart for members yes. of families. And that's, that's really a big issue. Like how you talk about being, you're called the conscious consultant. Talk about being yeah. conscious of of how we can capture and and share these stories when we live hundreds and thousands of miles away and our relationships are are scattered and you it, it's much harder to sort of pepper them in you know get the right. stories in and then so so it is a little more challenging where on the one hand it's easier today with technology but on the other hand it's more challenging because of this this uh spread out geography that we have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just a little bit before the show, my sister called me from Israel to to tell me something. My brother lives in Virginia Beach. Um, right. he, my brother's kids live up in the D, Washington, D.C. area. And like I this summer, I went out to the West Coast for a while. I got together with cousins I haven't seen in 30 years. Right. Because they're, they're out there now. And so yeah, it's we definitely are much more spread out than we used. Yeah, to. and it's hard to be more. It's hard to be spontaneous in the storytelling and the story right. sharing, which is another reason why we have to be more intentional about it. Yeah. Of course, yeah. What I call is like the family village. You know, the 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 family unit is just not what it used used to be. Yes. Where my whole family, we grew up in the same area, right, um, the right. whole time. But there's a flip side to that too. Because when you live in the same area, you take it for granted, granted. that you all live there. So you also don't get around to it. So right. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be intentional either way. So. Right, right. So, so uh, Ruthann, uh, we're coming near the end of the show. So if people want to learn more about your work, your workshops, how would they find more information? How they get in touch with you? So two things. Always reach out to me at Ruthann at CaptureTheJourney.com. Uh, and just let's have a conversation. What are you looking for? In other words, what are you hoping to accomplish? That's number one. Also, please just download. I have a, a free download for people. Um, it's go to CaptureTheJourney.com. You'll see it there. It's called Seven No-Tech, Low-Tech Ways to Capture Family Stories Starting Today. Mm -hmm. So they can just download that and get, get some tips there. 
And then I just would love to have a conversation. So just reach out to me via email. Once you, once you request that free download, you'll then get my tips and all sorts of other resources that I, that I share that are helpful to people. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Ruthann, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. I really do appreciate it. Sam, it was, it was wonderful. I, I, it was a great dialogue and you you make it easy to have a great conversation. So thank you for that. (laughs) Thank you. Well, 13 years of experience, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm I'm getting the hang of it somehow. (laughs) So thank you so much, Ruth Ann. Listen, and thank you, my loyal listeners all of you for tuning in today. I, I see a bunch of you uh, liking and and hearting the, the videos. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this conversation, if you think there was some value in it that your friends or your colleagues uh, might get from it, please share, uh, whether you're listening on the podcast, listening to the video, listening to the audio, please share. And, and if you have not yet, please go to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash talking alternative and subscribe. Um, we're really trying to hit, we're up to 250 subscribers. I'm really happy about that. I really love to get that page up to a thousand subscribers. So I hope you can help us with that. Um, so that more people can, can learn about all the amazing stuff that we talk about on this network. Don't forget later today, 5 PM coming up. It's Frank Harrison and his show, Frank about health. And of course, Fridays, we have our business block of, uh philanthropy and focus always friday and intangify and then we start off again next week so thank you all for tuning in we will talk to you all next week thanks sam thanks ruth business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. 
Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 